On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a big win against the Indiana Pacers. Big as in the margin was big. Maybe not that the actual win was big. Against Rick Carlisle's old team. Rick Carlisle returns to the American Airlines Center. Isaac and I were both there in attendance. We'll tell you everything you need to know from that night on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube where you can help us get to 10,000 subscribers so close we're getting there Getting real close. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The Carlisle crazy. One more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Rick Carlisle, welcome back to Dallas. Um, you know, when you know Rick took, you, know, you go back to the summer, and, you know, Rick Carlisle, greatest coach in franchise history, you yep. know, 13 years, uh, led the team to the first and only title in 2011. We know all of this. You go back to the summer and it's like, hey, you know, some changes are going to happen. Roster, you know, is it going to be the roster? Is it going to be Porzingis? Is it going to be a big piece like that? Front office ends up being the front office. Donnie leaves, Rick leaves for Indiana. You're like, dang, man, this is like one of those summers that you'll never forget because you see these guys that, you know, has been with the franchise for so long and Donnie and Rick and those guys. And, and you know, tonight, you know, it's kind of, you know, you saw the game on the schedule, January 29th. All right. Rick's, you know, returned to Dallas. And uh, I came home and uh, I was telling my wife about it. And she's like, well, why, wait, why, why was it such a big deal? Yeah. Uh, Like Rick, like, okay, Rick. And it's like, well, like, however you want to feel about Rick Carlisle. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I I didn't shed a tear tonight. So, uh, you know, I haven't really, uh, I haven't missed him a ton, but I respect the heck out of him for what he's brought for the franchise. And I, I think all of us, including myself, I felt a little bit of something when the, (laughs) when the, when the tribute video showed. And I think the biggest shock of the whole night, Rick Carlisle getting that emotional and showing him, I, I did not expect that at all. And I've seen some tweets. I seen Mark follows, you know, share something similar on Twitter after the game. And I thought that was a very, very telling and very powerful moment with the franchise and Rick Carlisle. Yeah, so if you didn't see this, uh, Rick Carlisle returned for the Mavericks. This is the first time he's been back at the AAC as a coach, as not the coach of the Mavericks, right? He had you know, been the coach of the Mavericks for 13 years, like you said, but all through all that with the Mavericks, he ended up leaving. It was on his terms. And so he decides to go and coach, and coach the Pacers. You can make all kinds of head motions if you want. But um, – he decides to leave and he comes back and the Mavs did a video tribute before the game. So, you know, they do the normal introducing the starting lineup for the visiting Indiana Pacers. And they go through like Chris Arnold or Sean Heath or whoever it was goes through the names really, really fast. Well, this one went through the Chris Arnold, went through the Pacers names really fast and then stops. And usually the lights are all on during the, the announcing of the visitors starting lineup. And then all of a sudden the lights went off and a video tribute just starts going about Rick Carlisle, about his time in Dallas, all these flashback clips of the, the title year and his first Great year. video, by the way. His Great first video. year, amazing video of all these clips and, and Carlisle going to like the Mavs ball and, you know, all these different Mavs team events and talking about, um, you know, 
his philosophies and coaching and all like the, a great video montage, for Rick Carlisle. And it was just a great way to look back through his time. There's stuff with Dirk, there's stuff with Luca, there's stuff with, uh, we saw, we saw our guy Ding make an appearance in, in the video in the, back, in the background. Shout out to Ding, uh, Mav summer, summer league legend. And then at the end, they put a spotlight on Rick Carlisle and then Chris Arnold does the whole thing, you know, Rick Carlisle, the 13 year title winning, blah, 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 Dallas Mavericks coach. And, I was proud of Mavs fans that, that we didn't get booze, right? And it, this is one of no. those this is one of those situations where I think Twitter and online is different than in person, right? Where people hate Rick, they're done with Rick, they wanted Rick out and all that stuff. But then when the guy comes back and you're supposed to give him that honor, right, and, and say thank you for everything that you did for this franchise, and that's what that's all about, right? We've seen all these video tributes for random players that come back, and it's like, oh. You know, uh, Frank Nilakina gets a video tribute with the, <laughs> the Knicks. You know, like just random players like that, it'll happen. And people make fun of them. But for a coach like Rick, it, it it's the, it's when they need to happen. It's when those video tributes need to happen. And so I was I was really impressed to see what they did for Rick Carlisle, the, the tribute. And I think it caught – I think the emotions sort of caught him. He just saw like a decade and a little more of his life just flash before his eyes. There was that clip of – his daughter hugging Dirk on Dirk's, you know, final game. There was all those just different moments that I'm sure he's like just watching and going like watching his hair go away. Right. Like he started with the Mavericks, he had hair. And then by the end of it, he didn't have any hair and he's just seeing that progression uh, and just saying, man, that's a lot of my life I spent with this team and a lot of probably really good memories and a lot of things that, uh, you know, he's thankful for, grateful for in his life. And I think that's what caught up to him with the emotion. And, uh, and yeah, he, he did shed some tears and then, his team proceeded to get beat by like 30, like 30 points. Rick Carlisle, after the game, he said, I wasn't expecting that when talking about his emotions. He said, the only other time I felt that kind of emotion, emotional moment was when we raised the banner. It mm. was just the same kind of feeling. I was not expecting anything like that. It was just a wonderful gesture. Very much appreciated. Like, I, I almost thought that video was like better than some of the dark retirement jersey. Video. <laughs> like, uh, I just, I, it was a great moment. It was a great way to honor him being with, you know, the team for that long. I mean, there's only, I was trying to, you know, I was talking to my wife about it tonight. And it's like, man, like there's just not in the coaching world. There's just not in the NBA world, especially like you don't see coaches stick around with the team that long. Like, I mean, we're whenever pop hangs it up, obviously Spo and Miami, like it's, I mean, after Rick, I mean, we're looking at Terry Stotts in Portland and you know, you just don't have the longevity that, you know, that coaches, what, however you, you know, agree with it or not, but, it, you gotta gotta respect it, man. He's one of the winningest coaches. He's he's a Hall of Famer, and um, he brought the Mavs their only title in 2011. So, uh, yeah, you got Greg Popovich with 26 years this year. Eric Spolstra 14 years this year. Rick Carlisle would have been 14 years with the Mavericks this year, but he's 13 with the Mavericks. And then it goes Steve Kerr eight years, Quinn Snyder eight years, Michael Malone with the Nuggets seven years, Rick Carlisle. Uh, this is now his fifth year with the with the Pacers, so I guess that counts. He leaves and comes back, right? Like, oh, that's weird. If you think, yeah, if you think about it that way, um, and then it, then it's like James Borrego, Dwayne Casey, Budenholzer, Nick Nurse, all at four years, right? Like that is yeah. not a long list of coaches that no. have been with a team. Like the majority of them, what is that? Like ninety percent have been with their team less than five years, and so to see a team have a, a coach for that long, uh, it was incredible. It was incredible yeah. to, to see that, and it was an incredible run. Yeah. And, you know, we were, we were obviously watching, obviously the whole, you know, the McMahon story came out, what, a few months ago, it was yeah. kind of just like opening the notebook a little bit, <laughs> just a glimpse of the notebook. Talking on. about Rick Carlisle's exit from the Mavericks and how there was, you know, 
obviously there's going to be some weird stuff back and forth. There's some, there's some drama, obviously. And you know, it's all the, all the things that happen. And when a coach leaves a situation he's been in for a long time. Yeah. And we know that, I mean, this isn't, you know, breaking news or anything, but like Rick, Rick was a unique person is, I say was, is a unique (laughs) personality with a lot of players. I mean, that, that stuff Mm -hmm. dates back to before Dallas and everything. So not every player jived with Rick. So we know that we, we know all the reports about him and Luke and all that. So we were, you know, kind of watching. It's like, okay, let's just see, you know, the Porzingis stuff in the playoffs, sticking Porzingis in the corner, um, you know, which we've talked to Mike Shedd on this podcast before, assistant coach for the Mavs with Rick. Go back and listen to that podcast. Yeah. But, you know, of that decision. But, like, hey, how's Luca going to feel with it? How's KP going to feel with, you know, Rick tonight and all of that? You know, Luca did a, a hand gesture to him before a tip, kind of wave, pays respect. And then we were all watching, you know, the line after the game. Everybody, you know, giving the hugs and Bulbon and Brunson and, and Dory and all the guys. And then Luca was last. Luca said this after the game. He said, I've been with him my first three years and I learned a lot of things. He helped me in a way too. So it was a special moment. The tribute was special to him. You could see it and he deserves it. They had the, you know, they had the moment in the game. Luca, you know, palming the ball. You know, Rick was calling for it, you know, all of that. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, they're still going to be competitive with one another. But good, good night uh, to welcome Rick back and uh, to beat the crap out of him, too. <laughs> to beat the crap out of his his team, for sure. Yeah, it was it was an incredible night. I was I was glad to see that it went over well, that he got that, you know, that line of um the accepting line, I guess, at the end, the re- the receiving line, it, f- it felt like at the like when you get married, it's like you have people walk through. Porzingis was not in that line, but Porzingis was hurt. Obviously, I mean, so. he was. I mean, he was not. You're you're true about that. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Porzingis's injury, what it means for the Mavericks. We learned if he's traveling with the team or not. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the actual game and break down how the Mavericks beat the Pacers by thirty and what to expect with the game coming up tonight. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me quickly tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're delicious. Go check them out. Built.com. The churro puffs are still somehow available. You got to go get those. Uh, I ordered a box of the churro puffs and of the coconut brownie chunk. Churro puff, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, six grams of sugar, bar covered in 100% chocolate, plus a little marshmallow, a little marshmallow center in the middle. It's good stuff. They're pretty good for you. They got protein in them as well. So you're eating something that tastes good but it also helps you get through, you know, uh, a lull in your day, or you have meals that you're trying to, you know, you're trying not to, to eat as much between meals. Boom. Eat a built bar. Check it out. Go to built.com. Again, promo code is locked 15. Use that promo code to get 15% off your entire order at built.com. Boom. Eat a built bar. Eat it. Do it. I mean, eat it. All right, Isaac, let's get into this game. So the Dallas Mavericks get the win against the Indiana Pacers. They score 132 points again, two games in a row. Mavs scored 100, scored 132. I looked at, uh, I was sitting next to Doyle uh, at Kobe Beef on Twitter. I looked next to him. I was like, man, when's the last time the Mavs scored 130 points? And I looked at their schedule. I was like, oh yeah, last game. <laughs> the last, the very last, the very most recent time the Mavs played. They beat the Pacers 132 to 105. This one, I mean, this, you can just look at the game chart and look at just the lead tracker. The Mavs, the Pacers never led in this game. The Mavs won wire to wire. I think Chuck Cooperstein said it was the second game they've done that. The Pacers, the Blazers game was another one. And they've done, they've had wire to wire wins five out of the last eight games. I think Chuck Cooperstein tweeted that out. But uh, they just took control. And there was times when the Pacers would make little runs to come back in this game. But it really was just the Mavericks in that third quarter. 
just really taking control of this game. And and the, the Pacers defense, especially their interior defense, without Miles Turner, without Gogo Batazzi, without um, Isaiah Jackson having enough experience, basically, like they just didn't have enough inside and the Mavericks could get that pick and roll going. It was kind of ironic that the thing that Rick Carlisle just, you know, pushed the most with Tyson Chandler, with Brandon Wright, with, you know, with Dwight Powell, actually, with the pick and roll, just like ripped the Pacers apart in this game. Yeah, because, you know, Sabonis isn't the best defender in the world. So uh, he's not. And he's uh, also small. Like he's not a, he's not, he's like a seven foot. He's not a seven footer. He's like six, nine. He's like maxi size. Right. So it's just, he can't defend the way that, but he's so dang good on offense. I love Sabonis. Very uh, good. He'd be amazing. But just to, you, you threw out a stat, a few stats that uh, Chuck threw out. And it's just to kind of capture this kind of run that the Mavs are on right now. They've won 13 of the last 16 games, two straight, Games have scored 130 plus. They haven't tra- they have not trailed in five of their last eight games. It's yeah, per- wire to wire per- wins. Yeah, like, right. Like they're on a stretch right now that's pretty crazy, and that's why mm-hmm. we've been you know talking with you know if you haven't listened the past two days, we've dropped two straight pods on Friday and Saturday. You listen to this on Sunday before the Chiefs beat the Bengals and Jake Fisher. Dang, Nick didn't even catch that. Um. Yeah, I said, uh, so you're listening to this before the, the Chiefs beat the Bengals, but <laughs> Jake Fisher was on this. I'm blocking this, that out of my brain right now. <laughs> he was on this pod the past two days, so go listen to that as they talk about trade rumors at all I have of your, that. I have your cup. Do you want this cup? Do you want me That's to give true. you? The money line for the Bengals game. No, but, you know, the, the whole thing with Dallas right now, especially coming up to the trade deadline, is like, hey, they've been playing so well, so should they break it up? Like, should they make trade some of the pieces? Should they try to go all in? Should they swing for something? Should they do, you know, just stand pat and just, like, run with it because they're playing so well? It's like, that's this is part of the argument, right? It's like, hey, we've won 13 in the past 16. We haven't trailed, like, trailed in a game. In five, you know, five of the last eight, we haven't trailed in a game. So it's like they're on a stretch right now that you have to, I think fans have to, I think fans are doing it already, but you know, the front office is doing the same thing of saying, well, dang, how good are we? Like, that's what we're trying to figure out because you go into a pace game like this. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, don't just, I guess it is disrespect to them, but you know, like they just weren't going to win this game. So <laughs> second half gets going and you know, they stretch the lead out and it's like, all right, Rick's is like, Hey, can I just get home to the fam? And the Pacers were without, we said, Miles Turner. They were without Malcolm Brogdon. They were yeah. without, um, you know, a lot of guys. They they, they had um, – I mean, T.J. Warren's still out. T.J. Warren's still out. T.J. McConnell, I mean, Gogo Batazzi, like we said. Um, they had, you know, Duarte, Lavert, Sabonis, and it was kind of it. And Dwayne Washington, Jr., their two-way guy, kind of surprised us. Nice. Really, really good-looking quick shot. He was getting to the rim. He had, he had 22 points off the bench. I thought he had a really, really good game. Um, Lance Stevenson chucking up shots, trying to do his thing, but, but yeah, in this game, the Mavericks, they took control. And then I also thought it was the Mavericks winning a game in a way that they hadn't before. They, they allow the Pacers to score 37 points in the second quarter. Mm. And then they, and then in the third quarter, they come out and they only allowed 20 points and they just really, I felt like they really locked up on the defensive end. It just felt like the Mavericks decided, all right, this is the quarter we're going to defend our butts off, right? And Rick Rick always used to talk about if you can hold a team to under 25 points in a quarter, that's a win. Okay, well, you hold a team to 20 points in a quarter, that's a really big win for the Mavericks. And you had out there, uh, you know, Dorian played a bunch of minutes in that quarter. Bullock played a good, decent amount. Josh Green, Frank Nilakina, uh, Maxi Kleba. Like, you got your defensive guys out there. And if Porzingis is not 
part of that rotation. Then all, and Tim Hardaway is not part of that rotation, especially all of a sudden you have more defensive guys that you can go out there and have quarters yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, you look at three point shooting for Indiana tonight, nine of 33. I mean, 27%. Like, is that feels like a, a, a line out of the Mavericks box score right there, shooting 27% from three. But you go across to Dallas's side. 47% from three tonight, 16 of 34. They had 16 threes tonight. That's a lot. That's like a lot for, for Dallas. You know, for three, three players, you know, hitting more than three, you know, three threes in this game and Maxi, Luca and Reggie Bullock. But yeah, they're playing better defensively. They took, you know, they took care of the ball tonight. They only have five turnovers as a team in this entire game. Um, that's huge. Like Luca had zero turnovers at halftime. Like that's big time for a guy that played. I mean, he played in two, I want to say in two of the second quarter, which, you know, that started a little bit a while back, but um, playing the whole first quarter, his rotation, his minutes to switch up a little bit. They had five turnovers and two of them were from Marquise Chris and two of them were from Dwight Powell. <laughs> Sheesh. Another one from Dorian. Like their turnovers only didn't come even come from ball handlers. It just came from, um, you know, some of the guys, like some of the bigger guys out there. Um, yeah. They they just took over this game. There was nothing really the Pacers could do. It felt like, especially when the Mavericks could lock up like they did in that third quarter to outscore them 32 to 20. And I felt like that was the big, huge turning point of the game. There was different moments that really jumped out in this game. Reggie Bullock's run at the end of the second quarter when you and I went mm. to go get something to eat. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like literally, we get up, we we're like, ah, oh, this, you know, they're going to end this quarter, whatever. And then all of a sudden, we just hear like every five seconds. <laughs> Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock, like just over and over again. He goes on a, he goes on a run. He scores 14 points just in the second quarter alone. He went five of five from the field, three of three from three. A lot of those in transition, just an incredible like little run from, from Reggie in that game. And now it's been two games in a row. Mm. Hot man, the hot player, hot player. Well, Reggie Bullock gets the hot player of the game with Tim Hardaway Jr. out. Is he finally is new year, new Reggie? This is kind of a thing for him that every year at the turn of the year, he he just basically becomes this different type of player. We finally hitting that with Reggie. He had he finished the game with six of eight from three, 23 points. That's a season high for him. Heck yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, I I mean, I think Reggie's a better player than Tim, but especially now with Tim out for the year, which shout out to Tim. Tim was there at the game tonight, you know, had his uh had his little um what what the cast little, braced something yeah he had his cast of on but what's the little thing you put your leg up on you the scooter. scooter scooter no he had a little scooter uh going across the floor gave rick a big hug and all that but yeah with tim being out we've been wondering like hey how are they going to fill the minutes off the bench tim you know plays 30 minutes a night scores around 14 15 points a game how can they cover that reggie played his you know his typical 24 had, except he had 23 points tonight so we've been looking at you know after that last game we're like all right can josh and Frank Nilakina kind of like combined together to give you what Tim could give you. Tonight they played a little bit more minutes because it was a blowout. But still, you look at the points there. Josh had 12 points in this game. Frank Nilakina had nine points in this game. It's like, all right, cool. 21 points between the two. I get some of that came, you know, there in the at the end of the game when it was a blowout and all that. But I think right now, as the roster is currently constructed, you're that's what we're looking at. And what does this look like when Reggie's not hitting? Because we've seen that yeah. here for a couple of games when you know Tim's been out, Reggie's hitting. It looks amazing tonight. Reggie hitting those six six of eight threes. Some of them, you know, were off the dribble or sidestep, step back. It's like, let's go. Love Reggie Bullock. But what happens in the next game where he's like one for nine? And then the spotlight's even bigger on the Josh Green, Frank Nelikina role. It's like, all right, one of you guys, they like each of you got to give me like 10 points each or something. 
Well, in a in a playoff rotation, you're I don't think you're looking at Josh or and or I think I don't I don't think you're looking yeah. at Josh and Frank, right? You're just looking at one of those guys. And what it would really be on is Dorian, Maxi, you know, Reggie, and then probably Porzingis too to hit threes, right? So like one of those guys has to, if, if all four of those guys aren't hitting threes, then you're probably not winning games, right? That's just kind of the way it, it comes down yeah. to, because those guys get the most catch and shoot threes on the team by far. So it's going to come down to those guys. And if none of those guys are hitting, that's what it, you know, all of a sudden your, your odds just go down. And that's why having Tim was, was a great luxury. Cause all of a sudden he could come in and, and fill it up and he could be another guy that adds to that. So, all right, you got five guys that are going to get a bunch of catch and shoot threes. If all five of those guys go cold, it's bad for the Mavs. But what are the chances of all five of those guys like going like going cold for the Mavericks? So, um, but yeah, Reggie Bullock, a, a great game for him. Helped on the defensive end for sure, and then filled it up on the on the other end that we haven't seen a lot. Uh, Luca, man, Luca was was doing his thing early. He was he was getting it done. It felt like he had this game circled on the calendar a little bit. First quarter felt like he was really trying to go out there and get. Um, you know, and, and fill it up. He was, he had 14 points, five assists and just in the first quarter. He was three Oh six from three. And he was just, he was chucking threes at, at a certain point. He was like, I'm, I'm stepping up and I'm stepping into this three. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Nine it. shots in the first quarter. Nobody can tell me not to He finished the game uh, with 30 and 12, 12 assists. So uh, another really good, good game for Luca Porzingis though. We got to talk about him. Porzingis uh, goes out with, uh, in the end of the second, the beginning of the second quarter, he checked out with about eight minutes and 54 seconds left. He did not return to the game and Dwight st- started for him at the beginning of the, the second half. Porzingis will also not travel to Orlando. The Mavericks play a game tonight, Sunday night in Orlando against Jamal Mosley's team. So two former coaches basically back to back, which is interesting, but uh, what do we think about Porzingis now? He has um, a knee issue, and it is the same knee he had the meniscus tear in at the end of the uh, the bubble season. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're recording this um, around 10 p.m. Central time after the game, and I haven't seen a play or anything that's circulated uh, that if something happened or anything like that, um, you know, it was news to us in the press box whenever the news came out. You know, we were all talking about it. It's like, oh, okay, guess – Guess that happened, you know. I guess something's you know going on there. Um, I mean, there's just there's no no positive thing to say about it, right? I mean, this is this is kind of the um the Porzingis experience right now, and you just have to cross your fingers and hope that this isn't. I mean, Tim McMahon's tweet after the game, hope is that it's not a serious issue. You right. Know, that was the that was the last line of that that tweet, and um, I'm sure we'll find out something over the next few days and um you know not playing in orlando like you said not even traveling so i I, you know i'd be surprised if he plays on wednesday but um we'll see we'll see how it affects does it affect anything you know over the next week and a half heading into the trade deadline i mean i think it's hard for us to say anything until we know definitive you know what's going on is it just a you know a little bit soreness he'll be back wednesday or something like that or if it's something longer does it expect does it affect anything before the deadline, I'll be curious. There's a million factors in this, right? There's, okay, what what kind of knee soreness could it be? If it's just a little knee soreness and there's not a- anything actually 
hurt or injured with it, I guess, then they could just be super cautious. And they're playing Orlando, right? They're, they're playing Orlando. I, they don't feel like you I mean, need Mo a, Bamba. And they don't but. feel like you need to push Porzingis to try and play this game second night of a back-to-back. Traveling as well. They, they leave Dallas and they go all the way to Orlando and have to play that game on Sunday night. But so, But then there's also the, okay, well, he didn't return to the game and he's also not traveling with the team. It's usually not a good sign when someone doesn't travel. So there's, there's two, there's one or two sides of it. And I'm, I'm assuming that you've decided which side you're on. If you're listening to this, I'm, I'm either very optimistic or I'm very pessimistic about, about this Porzingis injury. If he's not traveling, then that's a bad sign. Or they're just being very cautious and optimistic because it is that same knee. He had the meniscus tear in. They don't want to push him at all. And so they're letting him stay back and letting him just, um, wait until the next game. The Mavericks play. Um, they play at Orlando, and then they come back home on Wednesday against the Thunder, and then they have the Sixers on Friday, and then they have the Hawks at home on Sunday, and then they have the Pistons the next Tuesday at home, and then they have the Clippers. Uh, they have a, a big home stretch coming up after this. So, if he doesn't travel for this game, there's a big home stretch for him to come back and play in. Hopefully, for sure. And maybe uh, coming up after the break. As a weekend, Pop. We don't have to do the second break. Oh, okay. See, I was all thrown off. I'm like, dang, he's just going over time. No, over yeah. no weekend pot. We only have to oh, screw break. that. We don't even need breaks. Who needs money? Just the, just the first one. Um, you know, I think you said, you know, it depends on where you're at. If you're looking at positive or negative, it's like, however you feel as a person, like I, I tend to lean more positive on a lot of things, but you have to be like realistic too. Like there's been so many, there's been so many, like, um, so many of these situations, you know, for KP that th- this is, you almost just have to accept it right now that, um, this is kind of what you get sometimes of a bang knee, or I don't even know if this was a, you know, a play or anything. So I, yeah. I think we'll just, we'll wait to see what happens to that. Yeah. They obviously need him. Um, you know, he, losing Tim and Christoph Porzingis together, you know, for extended time. I and mean, that's a lot of offense. That's a lot of points there that you're, you're losing. So, um, Moses Brown. Now, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was like, ah, no, it's, I do it's, want- <laughs> it's really Dwight Powell and Marquise Chris that are what, the ones that have to step up in that, in his absence for, right? I mean, it's step up, but like, that's just like, their roles are kind of defined of, Hey, but they're just gonna have to play guys, more minutes. Yeah. Like run more pick and roll. They will. <laughs> you know, hey, I mean, that's just- what they're, that's what they're going to do. Let's run pick and roll for days. I do want to get Maxi uh, Kleba a shout out tonight. 14 oh, yeah. rebounds for Maxi. I mean, a 15 and 14 game. He's three of five from three on his birthday. Five of nine from the field. His birthday. Let's go, Maxi. Um, we had there was a great in arena moment tonight. Okay, <laughs> so they did this. They did this uh, question. You know, they, they ask all these questions to players. Uh, on media day, you know, if you, if you, I'm doing a lot of plugs tonight. If you we were one of those, we were one of those people that asked them questions on media day. Yeah. So go back and listen to our media day uh, interviews with all players. We ask them dumb questions too, but one of the questions they asked the entire team was (laughs) which player on the team can eat an entire cake. And (laughs) so, you know, they're obviously the camera set up, they're interviewing each player one by one. Right. So I'm just, as soon as the questions ask and they're going to play the like montage of clips, 
I'm just sitting there, like immediately, you know, you're gonna think of what freaking teammate's gonna say Luka Doncic. <laughs> Somebody's gonna which, say Luka. The question is, which player can eat an entire cake? And you're just sitting there waiting for them to go. You're like, dang it, some player, some teammate's gonna say it. Or I'm like, you know what? They're not going to because it's you know become a thing. So the first few guys answer it, and they're like, Dwight, yeah, Dwight could do it. You know, it's Dwight. A couple and, answered. Boban. Oh yeah, oh yeah, there were a handful <laughs> of people who said Boban. Um, but then there were like three people who said Luca. It was like it was like Trey Burke, and then Dorian, and then as soon as Dorian said it, he started dying laughing. And then of course, of course, Brunson said Luca. Uh, but he said, you know, Bobby too. And then a lot of people said Bobby, but then there were like a handful of people who said Maxi and, and, uh, you know, it was like happy birthday to Maxi. but, uh, what a weird question. Who, who could eat an entire birthday cake? I think it's kind of funny. I think it was kind of clever. It was, uh, it was a funny question. Oh but my gosh. Shout out to Josh green playing 24 minutes against Rick. Oh, um, shout out to, to Franken greens. That's what I'm calling him now. Franken greens. <laughs> Frank Nilakina and Josh Green getting some extra extended run now with the blowout plus no Tim Hardaway Jr. Those two guys, I think, have a big opportunity, right? They're yeah. going to be asked to play at times, and I think come rotation, come playoff rotation time, if Tim is not back, one of those two guys will get one of those spots, right? Whoever is ready enough. And they've been playing together a lot recently, uh. and uh, they've both been doing stuff. They've been, both been doing positive stuff. They, they've been coming in at the same times. And, uh, but yeah, one of them has to pull away if they want to get that extra playoff minutes, I think. Yeah. I think, I think there's a chance that's a, a player that's not on the team right now. That's coming off the bench. Sure. So. Yeah. No, but as, as currently constructed, this is, you know, this is the stretch that could yeah. define their season because <laughs> it's already been <laughs> defined because when we talk about playoff rotation, because a lot of times in the playoffs, these rotations shrink, right? Like they go down to like eight players, sometimes nine players. Unless you're Nick nurse. And then it's like seven in the regular <laughs> now, season. Now Rick, Rick liked to play like 10 sometimes. But when you look at this team right now, even without Tim, you have your starting five, Dorian, Maxi, KP, Brunson, Luca. And then that, you know, off the bench, you have Dwight and Reggie. And it's like, all right, well, if they're going to run like a tight eight man rotation, maybe even nine, right. who's going to be that like third, third spot. But man, if you like, you got to have offense. So that's it where been Tim would have been Tim, but that's where a Goran Dragic, that's where a Kimball Walker, that's where Dennis a guy Schroeder. out there, you know, Dennis, a, a vet, um, a vet playmaker, a vet guy who can get some points. Like, I think, you know, the Tim thing we've talked about over the past few days, losing Tim, I think it does put like a little bit more emphasis on, Hey, we got to get somebody else whether it's somebody super cheap at the deadline, whether it's somebody in the you know, buyout market, if they don't know if Dragic is coming, well, shout out to Dragic just chilling in Miami while he's like off from plays the Raptors. For the Raptor, plays for the Toronto Raptors is in Miami just watching Miami games. Get, get that paycheck, Goron. Let's Do go. It. He's being uh, paid. Cash those checks. I love it. Um but like, yeah, I, I think they do need, need some type of, I, I don't think, I could be going on the limb right here. I don't think Trey Burke's the answer. So they might be uh, trying to add at least another source of offense off the bench. Yep, absolutely. Anything else stand out to you in this game? We talked about Max Kleba on his birthday, <laughs> having a good one. We talked about Frank and Green's getting some opportunity. Reggie Bullock was the um, the hot man, the hot player. Hot player. And in his post-game interview, Dorian did the photo, did the the video bomb, and said "hot player, hot player" at <laughs> at Reggie Bullock. So this is this drop is here hot to man, stay. The hot player, hot player. 
<laughs> that drop is here to stay for sure. Um, yeah, Brunson, I thought had some really, really good moments in this game. He just continues to be consistent. 13 points, eight assists uh, in 32 minutes, but they didn't need him to score that much. They didn't need him to take over in this game. There were other avenues of scoring, but he keeps racking up these assist games where he's, he's dishing out a bunch of assists. And this is not something we had seen from Brunson in the past. No, I will say this. There was a random thing that JC Kidd did. And that was like, okay, what, what are we doing? That was, that was bad. I, it was just, it was very confusing to me and playing with fire a little bit. The fourth quarter. Yeah, I know what it was. What? (laughs) The fourth quarter, they're basically up by 20 most of the half. The Pacers cut it to 60. Like he already threw in the white flag and brought out Trey Burke, brought out Theo Pinson. Like Trey, Theo, and those guys already checked into the game. Okay. And it was like, all right, you've already like threw out the right white flag. This game's over. Pacers cut it to 16. And he's like, all right, go back in. Luke, at what point did Luca and them check back in? <laughs> yeah, so the, Luca didn't play the entire fourth quarter. The Mavericks basically had a 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They had gotten up to, to 30 at one point, and then it, it got cut to 16, like you said. And Luca comes back in at the Luca and Dorian both come back in at the four minute mark when it's a 16 point game. And uh, so it, it was just and a then Brunson really- and Dwight, like and, and Reggie, like the, yes. the whole five came back. Like Rick had already threw in the towel too. He who hadn't even getting up. He was just like, no, hey, he had cool, O'Shea Brissett and Dwayne Washington Jr. And like he didn't have his and you know uh, Isaiah Jackson was getting his run before he fell out. Like they and Jeremy Lamb. Like they didn't have anybody real in that game. No, I just I didn't I didn't understand it. I was like, man, you're really playing fire. Like if somebody got hurt in yes. those last few minutes, like they didn't play very long. They only played like a minute. They came in and played like a minute. Minute yeah. and a half or so, really- especially on the especially on the first night of the back. Anyway, I don't want to like nitpick all, but it was just very, very confusing, very, very like weird. And if somebody got hurt, it would have been a huge, huge storyline. There was a weird thing where there's some kids behind the bench that were talking the whole time and cheering, and they like painted their chests and like weird stuff. Uh, and then Luca motioned to them when he was going back in the game at the end. To me, it was like is is he going back in because those kids were like, Hey, we came here to see Luca and he's not going to play not, the whole, not that whole fourth quarter. Hey, you <laughs> don't draw that conclusion, <laughs> but Hey, I'm, I'm telling you there's dot a dot B. If you want to draw the line, you can, um, but he did put in, he did put in uh, the rest of like everybody else too. <laughs> yeah. Just weird. It was just, it was just odd. Anyway, good win. Uh, they took care of business. This is what you do against bad teams. Um, I know they've had injuries and stuff this year, the Pacers, but I was dead wrong on them. Like I, I thought Rick would take that roster and that team, I, which we I didn't, get. Once I don't think we saw them enough together. I, I looked it up before the before the game. Sabonis, Turner, Brogdon, and Lavert only played in nineteen games together this season. Okay, that's just not enough to know what what a team is, right? Especially with a new coach. So I'm yeah. not. I, I'm buying that this is a lost season for the Pacers. Um, yeah. Miles, shout out to Miles Turner. Straight up wearing a Whoa. straight up wearing a poncho and cowboy boots on the bench in Dallas, like homie was trying was to send like messages. A, talk about trying to send messages to a team that may trade for you. He's like, I'm trying to be in Yellowstone <laughs> the next season. Had his cowboy boots. Had it wore a cowboy hat on the yeah. bench. A oh yeah, hat, and it had like that like pullover, like you said, the poncho. To, and like anyway, he's probably like, can I just stay? Can I? Do I have to fly back? Could I just stay? Yeah, here right. Shout out to the Trinity High School, Brad. I promise my foot is fine. <laughs> Please just make a trade. For See me. that scooter that Tim has? I don't need one of those. I'm good. <laughs> I don't need one of those. 
there you go. We'll be back with another episode talking about the Orlando Magic win, hopefully. <laughs> or if the Mavericks don't win, then we'll be talking about uh, how a disastrous season this has been. So <laughs> either way, we'll break, break one of those down. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.